Morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, the 29th of June, and it's National Camera Day. And a big happy birthday to Nicole Scherzinger, Gary Boosie, and Catherine Jenkins. Ukrainian authorities continue to search the rubble of the shopping centre in Kremenchuk on Tuesday following Russia's cruise missile attack. So far, 18 bodies have been recovered, but more than 20 people are still missing. The air raid sirens meant that most of the thousand people in the centre were able to escape, but dozens are hospitalised with injuries, including this man who described the scene. I saw lots of wounded people, burned people. Some were covered in blood. One girl fell, and we helped pull her along. She fell and lost consciousness, but we tried to help her. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov has denied that Russia attacked the shopping centre, claiming the target was a weapons hangar and that the supermarket caught fire afterwards. Ukrainian President Zelensky showed a video of the missile striking the centre and made a surprise address to the UN Security Council, calling Russia a terrorist state after the attack. All Russian action must receive legal assessment and global sanctions for the fact that Russia is destructing international legal order. The UK's Chief of the General Staff General Sir Patrick Sanders had a stark warning that the current situation in Europe has parallels to the years before the Second World War. This is our 1937 moment. We're not at war, but we must act rapidly so that we aren't drawn into one through a failure to contain territorial expansion. Tuesday saw the G7 summit in Bavaria wrap up as leaders head for Madrid next for the NATO summit. The war in Ukraine was a central theme with concerns over the impact of Russia's actions on the price of energy and the impact on the cost of living and inflation caused by the blockade of Ukraine's ports. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz says it's essential that the G7 stand with the Ukraine and punish Russia for starting the war. We agree that President Putin must not win this war and we will continue to support and we will drive the costs high economically and politically for President Putin. Even before the NATO summit officially got underway, there was an announcement that Turkey's now agreed to drop its objections to the membership applications for Finland and Sweden. Boris Johnson says the leaders around the table at the G7 all agreed on the need to help Ukraine win the war and that Putin's barbarism is only strengthening that resolve. I think one of the things we've seen in this G7 uh, today is a really, really powerful sense of of unity uh, and resolve and purpose and uh, absolute determination. There was a surprise witness on Tuesday at the January the 6th congressional hearing in the US. Cassidy Hutchinson was a senior aide to Donald Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, in the aftermath of the November elections and the events surrounding the Capitol riots. She testified about previously never reported moments inside the White House as Trump battled to overturn the election results. Firstly, she told of the president's rage when Attorney General Bill Barr was reported as saying there was no evidence of election fraud. It upset him so much that he apparently threw his lunch at the wall. I first noticed there was ketchup dripping down the wall and there's a shattered porcelain plate on the floor. Then on January the 6th, she told how Trump was intent on heading to the Capitol building with his supporters, grabbing at the steering wheel of the presidential vehicle. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president take me up to the Capitol now, to which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. (laughs) 
Tuesday saw British socialite Ghislaine Maxwell sentenced to 20 years in prison and a three-quarters of a million dollar fine for her part in recruiting and trafficking young girls for Jeffrey Epstein. Judge Alison J. Nathan described Maxwell's crimes as heinous and predatory and that the case called for a very significant sentence. Victims spoke to the press outside, some hoping she'd stay in prison for the rest of her life, while complainant Annie Farmer says there's more investigation that needs to be done. Maxwell and Epstein were predators who were able to use that power and privilege to harm countless individuals. And for far too long, the institutions that should be protecting the public were instead protecting them. And I still hope that we find out more about how that was allowed to occur. Still to come on The Smart 7, a day of drama at Wimbledon and tributes for the BBC's Bell Babe. Right after this. Welcome back. Day two of Wimbledon saw more of the big guns emerge with Serena Williams, Rafa Nadal and Nick Krios all in action. Britain's Heather Watson made it through to the second round with victory over Tamara Korpach, while Rafa Nadal survived a scare to win three sets to one. Sienna's return to Wimbledon didn't go well. She was knocked out by French player Harmony Tan, who was surprised and delighted with the win. When I saw the draw, I was really scared. I mean... Because, uh, yeah, it's Serena Williams. She's a legend. I was like, oh my God, how can I play? Australian bad boy Nick Krios found himself in difficulty early on, but battled back to win 3-2. However, he's facing a possible fine for spitting at a spectator. He also called a line judge a snitch and had some choice words for the crowd. There's spectators who spend money to come watch us play. They should be removed. Like, there's no pure disrespect. Like, I don't go up to their face and go to their 9-to-5 and start clapping when they're scanning in a supermarket, do I? James Corden's back in London this week doing his Late Late Show from Freemasons Hall for the last time. He's packed in a whole bunch of special guests, plus he's got brand new carpool karaoke with Woman of the Hour Lizzo. It was all going quite well until James started to wind her up about her hero, Beyonce. Should we call her? Don't f*** with me. Should we call her? Do you have a number? Should we call her? If you are going to call Beyonce... Shall we call her? Don't scare me. No, should we call her? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, are you joking? joking? There's no way I've got a phone number. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you almost got me, you bitch. Cancer campaigner Dame Deborah James, known as Bowel Babe, has died. She spent the last seven years battling bowel cancer after being diagnosed in 2016. Her extraordinary bravery in making her struggle public and sharing her journey through treatment was recognised by a special damehood presented in person by Prince William just weeks ago. She also created a Bowel Babe charity fund which has already raised over £6 million. She survived by her husband and two children and she told BBC Breakfast that she's treasured every moment with her family. Rest in peace, Deborah. I've had five years to prepare for my death. I don't feel grudged. I don't feel angry that I haven't tried anything. I don't feel like we've run out of drugs. But I'm still not... I'm still not kind of quite there yet. You always want to know as a mother, are your kids going to be okay? And my kids are going to be fine. This has been the Smart 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am. Have a great day.